<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Young Hefe, homes. So scary, won't let them bury me That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like carry And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money Uh-huh, these niggas hilarious Alright, welcome back to a very, very special episode of Don V Fridays We got a legend in the building Um, But before we get to the legend, man, Drift, how you living, Chief? I'm doing good, man, just grinding at work, can't complain We got a former Hokie on the podcast, <laughs> Coach Banks, how you doing, man? Hey, fellas, I appreciate the come up, man. Definitely appreciate being on the podcast with you guys. It's a, it's a 757 legend of Nupa News. One time for the city, man. People Bad news all day. <laughs> what Nupa News did for Virginia Tech, man. It ain't no Virginia Tech without Nupa News, man. They got to pay homage to the city, man. This is all a blessing. Day. Hell yeah. Coming up, you came up in the era with Nupa News. Like, you had to be tough. Like, Nupa News is a tough city still. But the era you came up in was a very tough era. Like, explain to the listeners that don't know nothing about the city of Newport News, Virginia, how rough it was. It still is to this day. But, like, coming up in that era that you came up in. Hey, man, that's that's back when they had, you know, food stamps, man. It was big. They had that, that government cheese and you didn't know where your next meal was going to come from type stuff, man. Every day you, when you come out, you, you know you're going to get in a fight when you come out the house. It's mandatory, but you, you got to make sure you're ready for it. And, uh, you know, just being kids, man, you're getting in a lot of trouble, running from a lot of police, all that good stuff. Um, it make you, though. It make you tough, man. It, it, you grow up fast, you know, when you grow up in that environment, man. So I was very fortunate to make it out of it, for sure. Yeah, man. I say it all the time, like, even if you not tough, like you just gotta toughen up. Like I was kind of like a, a shy kid, a quiet kid, but once you get off that porch, like nobody's gonna save you. You gotta you gotta fight every day leaving the house, man. It's it's a real tough city for some hey, people. Hey, I'm gonna tell you a funny story, man. So I was about let's get to seven, it. six or seven years old. So I had got in a fight, or this kid was what they call bullying now. So this kid was uh took my toys that I was playing with outside. So I ran in the house crying to my mom. She was like, why are you crying? And I said, well, this kid outside messing with me. She said, you better get your butt back outside. She came back and stood on the porch and she said, you better go down there and take your toy. And if he hits you, you better hit him back. And if you lose, I'm gonna beat your butt when you get in the house. So it was like, it was on from there, buddy. You, you know, it was one of those things that you better stand up for yourself. You know, don't, don't run in here crying. So. That, that told me a lesson that day, though. Hey, don't run in the house crying because your mom ain't going to do nothing for you, boss. You win? You, you got to stand your ground. You got to stand your ground around there. Yeah, you definitely. But it, it was good, man. It was a good lesson that, you know, that I, I grew up in that environment, though. It made me who I am. You know, I think it set the foundation, you know, for, for things to come. Mm-hmm. 
It definitely set the foundation. Before we get even further into the episode, this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to get help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients help to support good health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, re- recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for one million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support and vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Also, Telecast is a live audio only sports talk platform free to download and to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Kind of like the app Clubhouse or like a Twitter space. All you need to do is download ColorCast app for free in the iOS app store. You can link your Twitter, make profiles, join leagues, groups. You can get notified when rooms go live. So come with your spiciest takes. That's ColorCast. We got a legend, Antonio Banks, in the building. Duper uh-huh. News on. Uh, you you played in the era of the Peninsula District, where that Peninsula District was the toughest district in the Commonwealth of Virginia. I'm gonna stamp it. I stamped that. Tell us what was it like playing in that Peninsula District in your era, like which I like to call the golden era of the PD. Man, you know, like I said, I, I was just fortunate, man. There's a lot of guys. Um, that I played little league football with that was really good. Um, and that I'm like, man, they got just as much talent I have. I mean, fortunate enough, I ended up making it to the NFL where, you know, we, we play all the time, sandlock football, you know, I, you know, my neighborhood against your neighborhood type thing. You know what I mean? So we had a little traveling sandlock football team, man. So first of all, that's how we started playing was in, was outside with no pads on tackling the grass, tackling the dirt. So by the time we got to the age where we put on pads, it was like, you know, nothing new. You know what I mean? We was already, you know, mentally tough and ready to roll, man. So when we played against those guys like, you know, Cord Berger, Robbie Robinson, you know, Ponte mm-hmm. Curtis, and there's just some of the, you know, uh, little man, like like legends from from from, from Little League, you know, that I played with those guys, man. So just, you know, when I first started playing, so I played like tackle, tackle it and tight end. So I really didn't play a glorious position. So. It was just great to just be a part of that part of that process, man. Playing on those dudes. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. And that that Peninsula District, like the Peninsula District, really ain't popping like it used to be. It's like 
The beach <laughs> dish we got it now. No, they can keep it a band. I mean, we Peninsula boys, but we can keep it a band. But that Peninsula district from like 80s, 90s, especially when Hampton Crabbers had they run in the mid-90s all the way to the late 90s and the 2000s that Phoebus had it. Um, that Peninsula district, like if you came out that PD, you probably was winning state. Like that's kind of like the way it went for a long time. Um, lot, lots of NFL players, legends. I mean, from yourself to the the Vicks, the the Newsoms, uh, Iverson. He, he went and played basketball eventually. All the guys that came out of Phoebus. It My was a Sean Hamlet. You know what I'm saying? Facts. It was so. It's so many. Jimmy Williams went to Bethel. Like it's. I, we can go all day just to Peninsula District to the NFL, let alone Virginia Tech. Um, what what led you to Virginia Tech? Of um, what other schools and play? Where where else could you have been? Well, you know, back then, you know, in in that era, man, you know, we didn't have a such thing as social media and, and uh, YouTube and Huddle and all that stuff, man. We had like the VHA tapes and. Um, the way you heard about the school is you always got mail, you know what I mean? So I had like sh- shoe boxes of all the different schools that, you know, wanted me to, you know, back then you fill out a questionnaire with your information on it. And then that's how you started get recruited is, is through mail, basically. So um, before I got hurt, man, I had a lot of from just about every country, every college in the, in, the, in the country, man. And I got hurt my senior year. I tore my ACL. So when I got hurt, uh, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Florida State, Clemson, Michigan, I mean, North Carolina, like all the, the uh, tobacco roll, you know, was recruiting me back then. And then when I blew up my knee, you know, back then when you have ACL, that was called career threatening in a sense, because, you know, it ain't like it what it is now. Guys come back in six months. So once I blew my knee out, I think like Syracuse dropped off and a couple like other schools, but I still end up going to like, uh, I took an official visit to Clemson, um, UVA, and Virginia Tech. So high mm-hmm. enough at Virginia Tech was that they was willing to give me a scholarship, and which was now where everybody go to school is in January. So it was like, hey, you can't come when your class come, but you can come in the in the spring, which is you know in January. So they and all he said was you know stay out of trouble, stay in shape, rehab you need. And we got a gray shirt. They call it a gray shirt. It's like we got a gray shirt waiting for you. So um, I, I believed in Coach Beamer at the time that he was going to follow through with the offer. So when it was time for me to go, I mean, he, you know, he offered the scholarship. I went in, the, you know, uh, 1993, the spring of 1993, man, and the rest is history, you know. Uh, you know, played with a great group of guys. And it was just, you know, it was one of those things. It was four hours away. Far enough from home, but still close enough. I needed to get home to see moms or whatever, man. And I think it was the best decision I made was to go to Virginia Tech. Oh yeah, what was your uh, relationship with Beamer like during your recruitment? It was weird, I mean, because like to be honest, I didn't know anything about Virginia Tech until I went. You know what I mean? Like um, back then, it was all UVA, like Terry Curry, Chris Leg, um, uh, and what was the tight end, Eric Mundy. It was all those guys that was at UVA. Because UVA is only like two hours away from the crib. So mm-hmm. we always went to UVA for like, you know, camps and games and basketball games. Like we never made it a four-hour trip, you know, in the mountains. We're like, man, we ain't about to go to Virginia Tech. So um, when I got there, you know, being a soft-spoken guy, man, and, you know, I think at the time when I went there, they just came off for like a 2 8 and one season. So a lot of the guys, a lot of his staff was getting about to get fired. So he brought mm-hmm. in a whole new – 
uh, coaching style by the time I got there, man, like D coordinator and some other guys and kind of like set the foundation to pretty much what Virginia Tech is now. You know what I mean? It's fallen off in the last couple of years, but um, that's, that's how it all started off. Right. Yes, it is. Yes, it has. Um, <laughs> so, base, no, shout out to Frank because he was a man of his word because when it comes to these gray shirts and things like a lot of coaches be like, you know what? We're good. I know what we said, but uh, somebody else got your spot. It's a dirt. It's a dirty business, college football. Yeah, it's it's different now, man. Like I, you know, like you know, now being a coach and being in it, I've I've seen guys get dropped right before signing day. Um, oh. mm-hmm. Some that they posted on Twitter on, on the social media platform, or it could be something that they found out later on in the recruiting process, and the kid don't know until it's, it's about that time that they sign, and it's like, hey, we can go a different direction. So uh, wow. guys got to be careful about what they put on the social media platform and, and how they conduct themselves, man, because it can, it can really, you know, stop them from, you know, getting the scholarship. Right. Uh, you were at Virginia Tech when uh, the current, current Virginia Tech coach Brent Pry was there. Uh, did you ever talk to him? I mean, I know he was there with the D-line, but did you ever have any interactions with him or anything? Oh, man, all the time, man. You know, Coach Pry was a great guy, man. He, he knows what Virginia Tech is all about. And I'm not saying this because um, – but he he know what the fiber of Virginia Tech is built on. It's blue collar. It's hard work. It's not a bunch of guys that's four and five stars. He know he got to win the state of Virginia by recruiting guys from down in the 757 area, the 804 area, and just winning the state of Virginia. And once you win the state of Virginia, you're going to have some great ball players. That's – that is – I mean, it's already set. I mean, you just look across the board, all the great players from, um, you know, from the Virginia Beach area all the way, all the way up to Richmond, you know, as a – gang of players um that want to come to virginia and, and just in the lately the last couple of years man all those a lot of those players leaving the state you know they going to alabama they going to michigan and you're like why are they leaving virginia you know what i mean so um i, I think he him and his new staff is, do, is doing the right thing right now by making virginia a priority and i think once we get back on top in the state as far as recruit wise then the wins and, and stuff gonna come you know what i mean i just think that uh He's headed in the right direction for everything I've seen on social media. That's good. That's good. And you were there with also J.C. Price was there. Like like y'all was the foundation. Yeah, um, man. Your era of Virginia Tech was the foundation of what, you know, what we grow to know and love, the glory years. But y'all put the – y'all were the building blocks. Yeah, um, man. You know, like I said, you know, not to cut you off, man, it's, it's one of the things where <clears throat> when we got there, the, the – the, they was coming up for two eight and one season. And, you know, when that freshman group came in and got together with the older group and we established from day one, like, hey man, you know, we're gonna be the group that come in and, and turn this whole thing around. And uh, we had great leadership with the, from the older guys and we had some great guys coming in. It's like freshman, you know, Cornell Brown was all American that lived in Lynchburg. He chose to come there. Uh, we had some other guys that, that chose to come there. We got a couple, we picked up a couple of guys from the junior college. And we, did, I mean, and Coach Gentry played a big foundation of it too because of what we did in the weight room. You know, he just made sure that you know that's when back when it was more like bigger, faster, stronger type stuff. We showed enough was bigger, you know, and stronger. That's for sure. We might not have been the faster, but we was going to be big and strong. And I think that just helped us out with the mentality about how he, you know, really just grinded us every day in the weight room doing stuff. Be like, man, this is crazy. If you miss the class. Then go to class. You're getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning to run the stadium. You know, everybody knows what Virginia, State, uh, Virginia Tech Stadium is. We're going to run the stadium early in the morning. 
Uh, and I think that just built a lot of character from the guys to the point where it was like, we, we had something to prove, you know what I mean? We had something to prove to ourselves and also to the, the well-known schools that we got something to prove. Yeah. Uh, when you got there, they were kind of in a bad spot, like you said. When was kind of like the turning point that you kind of thought, okay, this can be special. We can really do something kind of cool here. Do you remember like a specific time? Oh, from day one. That happened day one. From, <laughs> from day one when we when we uh, was going into that spring of 93, we knew from day one what the, what the, what the mission was. It, it wasn't like we waited until the regular season for us to say, oh, we got a team. We knew from day one, like when we – when we got, like I said, Cornell Brown committed to us and we already had a great group of guys already there, it was a matter of us just putting it all together. And then we had this like crazy coach, uh, Phil Admation, man. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember back when um, University of Washington used to be really, really good. Uh, Arizona, they had that desert swarm defense. So he kind of came in and kind of like with that, you know, up, up tackle six, up G2 stuff, the eight man front stuff, man. And, um, you know, he did a lot of, you know, if he played, linebacker you end up playing like dn and if you play your safety enough like he just moved a lot of pieces around man and made us very aggressive on defense man and we play eight man in the box you know what i mean we we play tough no football you won't go run the ball on us that's for sure so and, and that kind of like you know morphed into like us as being like very competitive when it came to to going against each other like we didn't want our offense to win and that kind of like made both sides better, you know what I mean? Because they was like, they was going against us every day, you know, defensively, and we was going against them. So we we kind of like, you know, iron sharpens iron type thing, you know? I got you. What was what was um playing with Torian Gray like? Shout out to T. Gray, um, a legend, coaching at South Carolina now. What was playing with T. Gray like? Hey, man, that dude is a, is a film junkie, man. You know, that's my brother, man. Um, our our lives and paths are like intertwined with one another from the fact that you know he he was a florida guy i'm, I'm a virginia guy and we hit it off you know what i mean you know even though he kind of like dressed differently than we did because he used to wear all those bright colors <laughs> so <laughs> but as a player and man you know he playing role on playing safety man we always watched film together man we it, we became very very close and now i don't know if you know the story but he got drafted in the second round to the Vikings. I got drafted in the fourth round to the Vikings, right? I got released uh, going into my second year and T-Gray tore his knee. So mm. that's how I ended up coming back to the Vikings. Unfortunately for him, he ended up tearing his knee. Uh, was a career-ending deal. But that's how I actually got my platform to come back to the team. So we intertwined. And I was with him when he had his first daughter. His first child, so we go way, way back, man. Great coach, great player. I mean, he's just a football junkie, man. I'm, I'm hoping that someday he just get out of his comfort zone and say I'm, he gonna be a head coach because he can do it. You know, he'll great. Yeah, T, and T Gray, T Gray's a real one. T Gray's definitely a real one. He coached a lot of great guys, man. He coached a lot of greats, and we didn't appreciate how the the former staff treated him uh, as they were coming in. I guess they wanted to transition their guys in. They wanted yep. T. Gray to take a pay cut or some ridiculousness. Yep. Um, yeah, you got the story down, man. That's but that's this business, man. When you in this this business called f football and coaching, it's not easy, man. It's it's all about you know buddies hiring buddies. It's all about who knows who. Um, it's not necessarily who knows the X's and knows better. I mean, a lot of it is can you recruit? Uh, can you relate to the guys now? Uh, it, it's 
it's different, man. You know, guys want to be comfortable with the guys they hire. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, he just got to show it in the stick where, you know, mm-hmm. I guess Foss can only keep like one or two guys from the previous staff. I think he ended up chosen to keep the D-line coach. And he had to let Tory in. And uh, Tory was kept, but Tory didn't want to take the pay cut, should I say. Yeah, they did Cornell Brown dirty too. Yeah, man, you know, don't get me started on that one. And because, you know, it's crazy, man. That's a guy for me that should never always have a job at Virginia Tech. And I and I say that because of this. For one, the dude did it on the field, for one. You know, like, hell of a football player. He's a legend at the school. His jersey flying in the stadium. You know what I mean? He won at every level. He won in the mm-hmm. CFL. He won in the NFL. Got a Super Bowl ring in the CFL ring. And he won overseas when he coached. So you say to yourself, man, this this every place he's been, the guys won. So to me, you know, just like at most colleges, it's almost like a radio in a sense where, I mean, this is like, oh, like Bruce. Like how Bruce, even though he ain't on the football team, he on the bet, like, Bruce is always because when you heard Bruce's name, Bruce Gorn's name, you know what? That's Virginia Tech. He mm-hmm. embodies Virginia Tech. So Cornell Brown, my brother, man, he's a guy that embodies Virginia Tech, man. And I mean that from my heart that where he should always have some kind of position, especially the way they make up positions now to give the guys. Oh they yeah, usually made up a, a position to say, hey man, no matter what, you always gonna have a job here, you know, but. Um, that's the nature of the, be- the beast, man. The nature of the business. Def- definitely that. And um, see, I-, I wanted to just send a shout out to um, a-, a-, a great ambassador to the program, Dwight Vick. Um, he's been like a-, 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 a wise OG to me personally and, and-, and Drift too, and a lot of guys. And a lot of times in Virginia Tech Twitter, when we start losing and talking crazy, it's always Dwight Vick that calms us down and say, listen, Facts. he played in that era where they, you know, where he was part of the foundation as well. And he always saying, hey, calm down. Like, y'all don't know what y'all talking about. And I think Dwight Vick should have a, a spot, a place somewhere yeah, in Virginia. Think, yeah, I mean, he's another one, man. I mean, he, he's done it, done it in a different way, man, because a lot of the information that I find out is, is through Vic and, and, and seeing his various different platforms that he's on, you know, whether he's on somebody else's platform or his own, is up to date about who's who's leaving Virginia Tech, who's coming to Virginia Tech. Um, he's definitely another guy that bleeds Virginia Tech that, you know, I'm with you, man, 100%. They can easily give him a media job there, um, you know, which I think would be great. Because I just think, for me, I'm, I'm a big believer in that, you you hire the guys that built you. You mm-hmm. find a way, and I and I I, re, I get it. You can't hire everybody. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But but when you look at the resumes of some guys, you say how they how they not working at Virginia Tech? You know what I mean? Just because yep. you know, I think at the end of the day, man, the resume speak for itself. They ain't been in no off the field trouble. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of things here, family man. So it's a lot of stuff that you can say, look. It ain't like you just hiring some dude just because. Like you hiring a guy who legitimately loves Virginia Tech, you know. So and as as a former, maybe we can speak that into existence, man. <laughs> yeah, shout out Dwight Vic. Yeah. We love you, OG. We yeah. love you. Hey, hey, funny story. I, I I don't know if you guys heard this story from Vic. So you know we played. Oh, air him out. Yeah, hey, air him out. In high school, you know he played at Hampton, right? Mm-hmm. You know I played at Warwick High School. 
And we used to go at it. When I was when we was in, in doing that era and we played Hampton, we used to go at Hampton all day, every day. Like hard. And you know, obviously they cheated. They were always cheating. They paid. Oh, yeah. They always dropped the bag off at the referee's locker room. So but anyway, so <laughs> she was still so I one play, I think I called like an interception and I ran out of bounds or something. So Big Vic at the time was standing on the sideline. And then he just forearmed me from out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell? Like, this dude gave me a yeah. cheap shot. I was like, this dude over yeah. here, big, big, tall dude over here, gonna cheap shot me, man. And then I just looked at him and started laughing because it was just funny because that's, I knew it was just a rivalry thing. You know what I mean? No, yeah, some, dirty, some dirty Hampton crabber shit. Look, yes. Everybody from the yeah. peninsula, no. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, man, we respected one another, and 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 then to go to Virginia Tech, and then to hear his story about he came to Virginia Tech because of me. I was like, wow, that's crazy, you know what I mean? Because we, I wanted to beat them so freaking bad. <laughs> oh yeah, everybody. Oh now the Hampton crap is down bad. Now everybody getting a piece of that ass now. Yeah, yeah, but I think a lot of it has to do with too because you got to think about it. They don't add it more high schools. So a lot of the kids get rezoned or, you know, I don't know if they got charter schools down there, but like it say here in Florida, like if you go to, you can go to any school you want to, you don't have to necessarily live in a certain area code or a certain district to go to a school. Yeah. They, they recruiting in high school now. School choice. <laughs> yeah. Let's be, let's be for real. Hampton was recruiting back then. Anybody. Oh, oh, oh no question. Like a motherfucker back then. They was getting everybody. Hey, Coach Smith was just ahead of the curve with that one. <laughs> ahead of the curve. Uh, don't your cousin stay over here in this uh <laughs> this district? Won't you go stay with your auntie or your cousin and come here? You're right, because right. he's trying to get me to come there. You're right. You're right, man. And Mike Smith, shout out, shout out. I think Mike Smith just retired a year yeah, ago. He just retired. Mike Smith was recruiting heavy. Nupa News. I think they got some boys from Texas to come one time. Mike Smith was on his job. <laughs> Yeah, Mike. Mike Shout out to Mike Smith, man. Coach Smith used to get his get it in though, man. And yeah, I can say is. that he paid the referees because I'm like they was just so that go good, man. I always wanted to beat them, you know. <laughs> and you went to and you went to Warwick High School. And for those who don't know, uh, that's the school Michael Vick went to. Marcus Vick, uh, legendary Tommy Reeman, coach there. Um, the list goes on and on. Warwick High School also to had their share of legends and 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 ball players that come out of work but hampton in that era hey man they was the they was the bama uh of the peninsula it was what it was i mean the goal back then man was to be all to make all peninsula you know as a football player you wanted to make hey man if i make all district all peninsula i know i'm i'm up here i'm gonna be on the team with a bunch of great guys because it was some great ones you had like ray savage like you said Allen iverson um, you heard like Dirk still then went going to Maryland. You had Morocco Brown from Kigatan end up going to um North Carolina State. You have uh uh what's my guy named uh Kermit Buzz who quarterback at Kigatan. You you know, you have Marcus Turner from Phoebus. I mean, these are probably like people that you probably like, who the hell are you talking about? Like these some dudes. Derek Bullock that played at uh, at the Ville. Derek Bullock that played running yeah, back. One time, one time for the Ville, man. Man, uh, some great dudes, man. It was some great dudes, you know. And I was just yeah. glad and fortunate to be around all that stuff and soak it up, man. I, I'm I, like yeah. I tell people, man. I was just long for the ride, man. I was just trying to get my crumbs wherever I could. <laughs> you, you had a pick six versus UVA, and you play. And this is when UVA Tech rivalry, like. 
it's blood rivalry back in them days. It's kind of like one-sided Virginia Tech going to beat UVA every year. <laughs> I know you heard some crazy things from these fans. I know they probably was throwing shit. What was um, that moment? What was that? Take us back to that play. Take hey, us back. Hey, on the real, though, like, I, I was pissed off at, at UVA because I wanted to, to go to UVA. But, you know, like I said, man, I, saw, I told my knee. So they did my they did my surgery. They didn't want to do my ACL surgery, uh, Doc McHugh. And um, they didn't offer me. So I was kind of, like, pissed off. So when we played them in 93, if you even go back, I think the game is on, on YouTube, the 1993. That's the first year we had beat UVA for in a long time at UVA when, mm-hmm. they, had, when they had those guys. And then, you know, they still had uh, some great dudes then. And then from there, man, it, was, it just became one of those, like, we was going to go at it. So in 95, they had beat Florida State that year. Right. And they beat Florida State. So we always played them at the end of the year. We beat Miami that year. They beat Florida State that year. So we both beat two Florida teams. And that's how we kind of, like, matched our season. Like, can we beat one of these Florida teams? Because, you know, Florida State and Miami shit, that was like the cream of the crop back mm-hmm. then. So we ended up playing them. And we was, I mean, they was, they was, they was taking us out to the woodshed. They was kicking our butt, man. We was losing like 20, 29 to like 13 or something going to the fourth quarter, I believe. So we just had to step up and make plays, man. I mean, uh, it wasn't going to be easy. And then once our offense went down and he threw the touchdown to Jay Holmes and um, that put us up by, I think, like two or three points. And then so, but UVA had enough time to get the ball and go back down and kick a field goal. So they had got the ball and they was driving. I believe the first the first play they threw after they got the ball was a screen pass to Tiki Barber. So they threw the screen. In fact, we play a previous defense. They threw the screen, but the screen went more more yards than what we wanted to go. So it kind of like got into like field goal range in a sense. So they they needed a, a one more play. They tried to throw, you know, how the to get off one more play to get a little bit closer to the dude and kick it. And and Coach Falkes called us over to the sideline and said, hey, you know, they they need one. They trying to get in field goal range. They probably going to throw towards the sideline. And, man, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, man. You know, he threw the ball late to the out, to their sideline. And, you know, I tell guys all the time, man, playmakers make plays. You know what I mean? So I consider myself a playmaker, and it was like, hey, Let's get this thing, get it to the house. And and, and fortunately, man, when I picked it off, the dude tried to trip me with the orange pants. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the the and uh, which is legendary crazy. moment. Yeah, it's it just one of them things, man. Where you say that that's gonna, you know, I call that say it's gonna live in Virginia Tech and Virginia Aloha for for a long time, man, because it was just one of those crazy plays that that you know, trainer actually tried to kick me, uh, trip me going down the sideline. I think hey, he, he wasn't even slick with the shit either. He was how he, can you be slick with them orange pants on? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm hey. saying? He can't be slick with the orange pants on. Hey, though. when Mike Tomlin did this shit, shout out Mike Tomlin, Nupa News, Nupa News heavy represent. When Mike Tomlin did it slick though. When he did <laughs> looking at the video screen. <laughs> What's that? You said Mike Tomlin? I, I said Mike Tomlin when he did it, he did it slick. What's that? He tried to trip Jacoby Jones. Maybe he, he ran a oh, kick. Oh yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. Only yeah. I think it was like a kickoff, a kickoff yeah, return. Kick return. <laughs> See, Mike Tomlin did it slick and got away with it. 
He did get away with it, didn't he? he got away with it. Hey, Nupa News. Hey, we shysty. <laughs> Mike Tomlin got he from uptown. He from uh, up the way, Denby. Uptown, uptown all, all uptown all day. I'm downtown Nupa News, but yeah. hey, one time for the city, man. Went to Denby High School, and then he ended up going to uh wait uh no to uh women married. Mm-hmm. Hey man, he, he's done great for himself, man. I mean, I'm just proud of him just because he's from the crib. You know what I mean? Anybody from the crib, man, I'm always going to be 100% behind, man. All them boys, the young boys, the OGs. Because I know, like, from that, if you think about it, from the Tri-Cities, for that place to be not as big as some of these other places, the states, and produce just uh-huh. as many professional guys and legends, is just a testament to the guys, to to, to the players that come up. In that in in that area, man, that we always got one thing in mind is, is that is trying to change our lifestyle. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to I want to put some respect on uh Antoine, but they are named too. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like yeah. they he went to Denby. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like a lot of them do, man. Yeah. Like uh, Webb that went to Warwick High School to play cornerback. D W. Yeah, all them dudes, man. David Macklin, a Mitchville, a Mitchville Monarch legend. Shout out David Macklin, man. Yeah, Another it's crazy, a funny story. I should went track with him and his brother Paul in the summertime with his dad. Boy, his dad was woo. His oh, dad, shout out Coach Macklin. He coached me at Huntington Middle School. Oh, they, oh man. Hey, Coach Macklin was crazy, man. Coach Mac Coach Macklin got no big old calf muscles, boy. Yes. <laughs> Hey, Coach Macklin, hey, you out there running? Like, man, Paul, like Paul, can you have any fun, man? Cause his dad didn't play. I remember one day on the bus, I think it was in middle school. So we get on the bus and Paul on the bus in the back of the bus, he crying. And we like, Paul, what? we get on the bus like, Paul, what's wrong with you? He said, I'm gonna get ass whipping. But he ain't said like that, so I'm gonna get a whipping. I said, for what? He said, I got a bad grade. But you got an F? He said, no, I got a B. I said, you got a B, your dad gonna whip your ass off. Coach Macklin won't go none of the Glad your dad ain't my dad, boy, because he'd be tearing my ass up all the time. All the time. <laughs> Coach Macklin had a son plan for the Indianapolis Colts and never missed a day of work at Huntington Middle School. Man, God bless Coach Macklin, man. Because if my son played for the Colts, I swear to God, they y'all would have never saw me again. Man, but, it, but, but see, that and that's the misconception, the clear the misconception, man, about the NFL. Yes, okay. it's great. If you make it, that's a good achievement. Great achievement, but at the same time, it depends how long you play. You know what I mean? Right. And where you get taken in the draft. Like if you get taken in the first round, second round, you probably gonna get some money. Well, they got a cap right now, but back then you can get a lot of money. You gotta make it to your second contract mm-hmm. to really start this to see the money where you can say, All right, I can start changing some people's lives. Because out of the first contract, first of all, you're gonna try to go take care of mom dukes. Your agent will get his three percent. Then you're gonna try to take care of yourself by and then by the time you get done with Uncle Sam, because now you're in a high tax bracket, you like, damn, where all my money go. All right. It ain't what people think. It's a it's about do I get my second contract? How long can I play? And that's when you start making like changes in people's lives around you, in a sense, man. Because and I think Paul played they played for like eight years, I believe. So he's yeah, he went to the he played for the Cardinals and the Colts. Yeah, I think he could have um. did it. Did a little something. I mean, you know, he took care of his brother. I remember he bought his brother one when the H twos came out. The Hummers. He yeah, he took care of Coach Macklin too. That man had a Range Rover in the hood, man. Shout out, they shout out, Coach Macklin, man. So only person that Huntington Middle School with a Range Rover. 
Hey, the you, hey, hey, Global Colony Road, baby. Yeah, they still live there. I think if I'm not mistaken, well, I, no, I think his family moved to West, uh to Wellsboro, but I know he grew up on Colony Road up in up there in, in Denby, man. So that's great stuff, though. I mean, awesome, awesome. Didn't know I played with all. You know, Dave uh, Paul now is like the principal or AD or something at Woodside High School. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shout out Woodside. Yeah, Woodside. Yep. Way uptown. You got to remember, I'm a downtown, I'm a downtown baby. So all that sound like Yorktown and all that to me. That sound like way up the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where he at, man. Right up, right up in that area. But it's, but I made my living downtown 16th Street, though. That's what hey, 16th Street. Which neighborhood? Stewart Gardens, Harbor Homes. Which one? The one that was all the way down by um, what's the name of that park? Oh, you talking about Lincoln Park? Lincoln Park. You talking about yeah. Aqua Vista. Hey, one time for Aqua Vista, man. Big-ass mosquitoes out there. Hey, we used to walk the streets, man. We used to walk, man. I thought I was, like I said, we had, back then, we had, like, this group called the 7-Eleven Boys. And uh, that was, like, a little game. And, mm. uh, man, we used to fight all the time, man. All the time. Hang out on 25th. 25th. Oh, yeah. One time for twenty fifth and it's Je- one time for twenty fifth and Jefferson, man. Everybody getting howled there. <laughs> Two five and J. Everybody getting howled there. You already Shout know. You go to the pool over there by um the pool that's at the the rec center. Dory Miller. Shout out everybody. Dory Miller. Free. Hey, I was going to Dory Miller for free lunch in the summertime, man. I'm I'm all the way here. Yep, yep. All day. You had to hit that free lunch. You got to. Got to. Know. We went there to take food and eat. <laughs> and free life. Hey, little little quick quick hack, life hack. If you oh, living in New Orleans, Virginia, you hungry, man. You under the age of 17, man. Go to Dory Miller, get your free lunch, man. Yeah, Ham sandwich, an apple and a milk. Yeah, they probably would call me a bully if, if back in the day. I try to be a bully, man. You had oh, to you be. Was, he was taking people a ham sandwich. He was taking the sandwiches from kids. We taking everything. <laughs> Man. Take it it had to be, had we, thought, to be. we thought we was Nino Brown. We thought we was Nino Brown on the street. C and B. We hey, thought we was yeah. C and B. <laughs> I was just the era. Like everybody had to run with their people. It, hey, it was whoo. City was kind of wild back then. Yeah, as I said, we thought we was C and B. Cash money, brother. We thought it was cash money. My homeboy had a uh I don't know if you remember the old school saws back in the day. Okay, hey, my- the saw. Okay. Boy had a sob at like 15. Right. <laughs> we used to go to all the little concerts over there at uh Hampton Coliseum. Okay. And, yes. uh, and they used to stay at the little the little uh the little hotel like right there on the corner. That's where they all the stars. That's before they even built the convention center over there now. Yeah, you're talking about the Fairfield. Yes, sir. Hey. Out there, everybody catching STDs in the Fairfield. <laughs> it ain't even Fairfield no more. Hey. Last time I was up there, we almost got put out there, man. The girl was smoking in the room and everything, man. Everybody that caught an STD in the Fairfield, I know your pain. I mean, I don't know that pain, but I know what you went through. Them days, yeah, man. That's like crazy stuff, man. Good times, though, man. That, that was like ancient history, man. Like it's crazy because once I left uh, Virginia Tech, man, I never went back. I went back every now and then, like to see some friends, but. As I got older, once I moved to the Florida in 2000, I never hardly went back, man. I might go back for like three days and I'm out. Because you kind of like, I kind of like outgrew the, you know what I'm saying? 
And then not even that, then my boys is like, hey man, you don't want to ride? You know, you call yourself try to ride through some of the old neighborhood. They say, hey man, don't get caught slipping. <laughs> they like, right. they don't know, boy. don't get caught slipping with a with a car out of state tags, boss. And after I heard right. that, I was like, all right, okay, I won't be sliding through oh, that. Yeah, them young boys jump on your ass, man. It's wild. Man, listen, yeah. they ain't coming up with no kind of codes or nothing. They jumping on everybody. I heard that. I like. Okay, I'm definitely ain't riding through there. Then no more. <laughs> we gonna we gonna get to your coaching career, but we gotta pay some bills first. Yeah, do your thing, big dog. Athletic greens. Tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. Well, one delicious scoop of athletic greens. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support good health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adapted to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus it costs less than $3 per day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support and vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And also color cast. It's a live only live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to athletes, fans, insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app for free in the iOS app store. You can be notified when rooms go live. Come with your spiciest takes. And last but not least, Baron Ridge Tree Stands, LLC. This episode is brought to you by Baron Ridge Tree Stands. Baron Ridge has developed the first ever climbing platform for saddle hunters and mobile hunters, weighing under four pounds and only 12 inches wide, about 14 inches long. The ascent is perfect for long heights to your site. Our climbing platform is ASTM certified and 100% made and manufactured in Virginia. The ascent can be folded to fit in your backpack or left set up to strap to your pack, spend less time setting up and more time hunting with the Ascent O2, get in the woods farther, faster, and quieter with the Burn Ridge Ascent O2. For more info, go to our website at burnridgetreestands.com or follow us on Instagram at burnridgetreestands. We back with the legend Antonio Banks. We in the building. Nupa News in the building. Um, bad news in the building. <laughs> But um, you coaching these days? Tell us what's what's coaching like. What's the what was the transition from player to coach like? 
Hey, it's a business that you don't want to get into. <laughs> hey, uh, to be honest, man, football is, when I say this, I mean, I know more than just football, but for me, you know, coming up in it um, as a player and, and at eight years old, it's like, man, I'm going to make it, I want to make it to the NFL, not knowing how hard the process was going to be. And then I come across great coaches like Coach, Coach Raymond and, Coach Foster, Coach Dennis Green. And then when you so get around those guys and just see how much they care about you, how much they want to help, help you succeed, man. And, and then when your plan career is over with, you meet so many great guys, man. I mean, football for me, man, has been a, a blessing uh, from the sense that I've gotten to see a lot of different places. Uh, I've gotten a chance to meet a lot of different people that I never would have thought coming from um, bad news. Um, growing up in the hood, I mean, you run a lot of different types of people, should I say. And and so when I retired in 2004, man, you know, I was like, man, you know, I, I tried my hand at some other things like nine to five jobs where you sit behind a desk and all that. And mm -hmm. I didn't find any fulfillment with it. I was like, man, I can't, you know, this is so boring in a sense. So I'm like, what can I do to try to impact the next generation? And for me, coaching was the best way I can do that because I knew it was going to be another kid like me that had that same dream um, of playing professional football, knowing that the percentage is very small. So um, when I got into it in 2004, man, I didn't know where it was going to take me. I just know I just jumped in here first, not knowing that there's going to be a lot of uh, pitfalls along the way. There's going to be times where he's like, man, I just want to quit because it's a, a tough business. You got a lot of a lot of people that's in this business and it's not mm -hmm. necessarily and i always thought well if i learn as much football as possible i'm probably gonna have a good job or better to make some of this good money that's being made right now by coaches mm -hmm. not knowing that it's not necessarily about what you know it's about who you know and it's about who is willing to give you the opportunity to make an impact on someone's life so i've been finding that to be the hardest part um, and I always get the get the thing of, well, why are you not working at Virginia Tech? <laughs> so, right. And, and so, um, and I always say, man, it's, it's not as easy as you think. Um, you got to try to build great relationships with people, and, and hope that they remember that relationship enough to say, hey, um, this is a guy that can help my program or help my 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 players become better men. Um, obviously in the, in the college sector is about how well can you recruit, how well can you build those relationships um, to make sure that you're putting out a winning product on the field and obviously dealing with the politics. Um, mm -hmm. But I, just, I, mean, I love it, man. Like, so when I started in 2004, I started out at a D3 school um, in Danville, Virginia. And, and from there, man, it was off to the races where I've, I've been in a lot of different places. I've been in Canada. I've been in uh, Shoe, uh Pennsylvania. I've been in up right now. I'm in Kansas. I'd have been in uh, overseas. I'd have been in Africa. I'd have been wow. in Amsterdam, here in Florida, um, Kentucky, Tennessee, you know, all because of coaching, Indiana. And I've met some, I'd have met some great people, you know, um, and I'm still grinding at it. I just turned 49 the other day on uh, Saturday. Oh, and happy belated. My, birth my birthday was Friday. Yeah, Happy Pisces. belated King Pisces season. Nupa News in the building. You already know we swim all day, baby. But um, 
so it has been a blessing, man. The hardest part is, is if you have a family, obviously, you know, your wife got to fully support you because you're never at home in a sense. And, and so you just try to cherish that ch- that time you get when you are able to come home. Um, I have a 15 year old daughter um, from my first marriage. And then I have like two stepsons who are um, 16 and 18. So um, okay. it's, it's been a challenge, man, in a sense, because you, you hoping that you get that chance to, to, to work at that next level, but it's whatever God, you know, puts me, and I feel like he puts me in different places. So I'm just going to continue to to keep pushing forward, and and eventually, if it's meant for me to to be at that that uh, power five level or that top level, then you know I'll be there. You know, I mean, I I get there soon. So it's a no, it is it is meant for you, and and you yeah. do know J C Price, and you do know Brent Pryor. Yeah, and- I know. Hey, hey, this is because I know don't mean nothing. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, big dog. And trust me, when you say that stuff, I like, I know a lot of people, like, for example, and, I, and I'm just going to give you some fallback. So the guys I play with that are coaching, you know, Toy and Gray mm-hmm. is at South Carolina. Dane mm-hmm. right. Bain, head coach, he's at South Carolina. I played with him. Anthony Midget, he's a DB coach at, with the Titans. You know, like, Lauren Johnson, he don't want, like, four, four or five championships up there in Richmond. And Highland Springs. Yeah. That's just a few. And then you got Cornell Brown. He just went to Canada. You got J.C. Price, who he just spoke of. You got Brent Pryor, who he spoke of. I knew, you know, Bud Foster, Beamer, and all those guys before they even left. So it's about, you know, timing, man. It's about timing. Um, It's about uh, staying in contact with these guys, letting them know you want to coach. I think that's the biggest thing. And then um, they got to see the benefit of bringing you on to the staff. It's, it's all about what can you help us with, in a sense. You just can't just be there and not add value to the situation. So I, I would like to think that I do add value to any situation because I've coached when I came down, uh, when I worked at IMG for three years. Um, I had an opportunity, man, to coach some great guys that are now playing in the NFL. And, and my job would, you know, we, we get high-level competition guys caliber guys that are at IMG, but the, the key is, is to make sure that when, when they leave IMG in the, uh, in December, mid-year guys that as soon as they step on the college campus in January, they ready to roll. So mm. out of the 18, 19 guys that I've coached at IMG and, and they moved on to that D1 level, they was ready to roll from day one. And, um, I just been proud of that. You know, my first year, you know, at IMG, I coached, uh, you know, Greg Newsom, who's now with Browns, Francisco. Yeah. Okay, so he was a first round pick. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Francisco, if he wouldn't have blow out his knee, he would have been a first round pick. His first, his first year in college, he led the nation in interceptions. So his first year coming straight out of high mm. school, playing freshman year, he led the nation. So, I mean, you know, I, I would like to thank the preparation that I helped them put in to understanding the game as far as the X and the nose part of it allowed them to be a lot of farther ahead and some other guys that might not have had that. And then I was speaking from experience. You know, I tell guys I'm not speaking because I read some book about how to be a football coach. I'm speaking from playing experience. Not that in and, and and the playing experience I'm talking of is that I know how to get to where you want to go. Oh, where's that? Mm-hmm. I've been to the NFL. I played in NFL. I played in NFC championship games. I played with Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a kid, why wouldn't I want to listen to somebody who've done those things versus to a guy that haven't, you know, done that in a sense, you know what I mean? It is always right. Right. Yeah. It doesn't always work that way because you're going to get, you know, guys who haven't done those things. They always going to be jealous because you're going to have the players going to 
gravitate towards that guy who done it versus the guy who hasn't done it. You know, you know, it's just part of part of the thing, man. But uh, at the same time, man, I'm I'm here to to get the team better, man. I'm here to to be better as a coach because I don't know everything. I don't try to know everything, but I do know a lot. You know what I mean? Just because I've had some great coaches, you know, when I say great coaches, I mean, shit, you know, when you play for Frank Beamer, when you play for Bud Foster, you know what I mean? When you play for Dennis Green, um, R.I.P. Denny Green, man. You know what I mean? When you play for John Gruen and, and those guys, you you learn football, you know what I mean? And then when you're in the locker room, you know how it is in the locker room, even though we're in there shooting the shit, but you pick up a lot of football knowledge as well, I mean. I'm, I sat beside Randy Moss and Chris Carter locker every day. You know what I mean? I talked to John Randall every day. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it's like being a big old sponge, man. And you just um, absorb all that stuff. And then I worked with Keith Goganis, who played for the Buffalo Bills, who went to four Super Bowls. He was, you know, D.C. down here at at IMG with me for, for two years. And then I played – I coached under um, Brent Maxey. I don't know if you guys even know who Brent Maxey is. He was a DB that played for the Saints, that played for the Carolina Panthers. Who's now in Colorado? So I've been around some great minds when it comes to football. You know what I mean? So it's a matter of just, you know, right fit, um, meeting the right people. Um, I would love to one day maybe coach at Virginia Tech if it's possible, you know, coach at the NFL if it's possible. But at the end of the day, man, it's it's all about who's who's willing to give me an opportunity to do that. And hopefully with these new leagues about to start back up, USFL and XFL, maybe I can find a fit there. Um, but in the day, man, you, you know, you just want to put yourself in a position where you can support your family. That's what all that matters to me is being able to support my family, being able to enjoy what I do and, and help the next guy uh, become a better athlete and a better person, a better player. So what's your next move now that you've, you know, you, you were at IMG for a while and, and what are you, what are you doing now? What's kind of the next plan? Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's funny how this thing worked, man. You know, the pandemic hit, um, Right when I was at IMG, and, and they went a different direction with their with their head coach, and when the new head coach came in, um, it, it wasn't a fit for me. So I decided to resign, and and I ended up uh, going up to uh, uh, Allegheny College for like a year during the COVID year. We didn't really play no football. I was just there. Um, the guy was just helping me out, just basically because it's like anything else. If you're not in it, then it's hard to make those connections. So I'm, you know, trying to stay. I tried to stay in it that way. And then um, a friend who I – a coach who I met at IMG, at IMG went to uh, Garden City, Kansas, which is a JUCO. Mm-hmm. And he uh, coached the D-line, and, and they needed a DB coach, man. So this is how small this world is. So he, he saw that I was a good coach and thought I would be a good fit there to help those guys, you know, get to where they wanted to get. So um, I just finished my first year at Garden City um, in the Jayhawk Conference. So I'm going into my second year, man, and – um, all I can do now, man, I'm, I'm away from home. My wife understands, but every chance I get to come home, I come home. But at the end of the day, man, I'm just trying to be my best self, you know. Yeah, and that Jayhawk conference is a tough conference. We've seen them on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Last <laughs> yeah. chance. Last chance. So last chance you. You're absolutely right. And, and I'm going to tell you all this. Yeah, I know y'all say, man, that stuff got to be fabricated from last no. chance you. And I'm just going to tell you all this. Since I've been there and been in it, it ain't nothing fabricated. Every day you see it in last year's you is that and more. Trust me. 
and they get good talent over there too in that Jayhawk conference. Yeah, it's it's great talent, man. Um, but you know, like I said, I mean, you deal with a lot of different stuff, man. You, you're not at the, you know, the big schools. Like you don't have like the necessary resources when it comes to like weight room, five different jersey combinations, and travel. We travel everywhere by bus, so mm-hmm. you know you could be on a bus for seven, eight hours going somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, but it's fun. You know what I mean? You meet, like I say, like anything else, man, you meet guys that, that want to have another chance to get back to D1 ball um, with this transfer portal thing being the way it is. There's a lot of opportunity there, man. I tell guys, don't don't knock it. You just that you're just taking a different route to get the way you want to go. And don't get in the transfer portal, man, if you don't have a place to go. I mean, that's the, the dumbest thing you can do. Because when you get in the transfer portal, that school no longer have to pay you uh, your scholarship. So now you sitting at home with no scholarship, no education, hoping that somebody else is going to pick me up. And a lot of times that's not going to happen. So now what do you do? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I tell mm-hmm. I tell all the guys that I coach, man, I say, look, I know we all want to play, but the most important thing should be your degree. Because right. we all striving for the same goal, which is to play in the NFL. But I tell you, as a guy who play, who's have played in the NFL, it's staying not for long, and just because you make it don't necessarily mean you're going to be, you know, well taken care of to, for the rest of your life unless you play these many years and do these things with your money. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of different um, scenarios that comes and play with that man. But one thing for sure I know going to last forever is your degree, mm-hmm. what you can do with your mind. Because now I can take my mind, I can go and be something else. I can, you know, entrepreneur, anything. And make and be my own CEO because when I play in the NFL, I'm playing for somebody else. I'm depending on somebody else to, to, to cut me a check, in a sense. So um, it's a matter of there's no hey man. It's other options out there other than um, making it as a football player. If you don't make it, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? We need more role models. We need more guys that's on the positive side that's helping solve a lot of things. And I wish that you know we took those resources that we do have as as a, as a um, as a people and, and put it into like better health care and no homeless like that's a, like i hate when i see stuff like that man like you you know a lot of stuff like you you don't fought for this com- country but then you come home and you don't have nowhere to live you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so sad you know so i've been blessed man and i tell my wife there all the time i say i know you wish probably we had this and that i said but then they we are blessed because for one, we get up, we get to get up every day. Hopefully, we 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 not starving. You know what I'm saying? Um, we can get around. Um, my health is good, so all those things is blessing to me, man. Uh, even though I know it's a grind every day, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely a grind. What's the what's the challenges of coaching at a JUCO? I know that's two years instead of you know a four year, so you get less time, less relationship time, yeah. less. Man, and, and that's the hardest thing because, like you said, you only get two years with the guys, if that. I mean, some guys you only get for a year if they coming in from an, another D1 school because you only need 62 credited hours to get your associates. Because once they get that, then they out of there. Whether they go into another mm-hmm. school or not. Then oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's four semesters. I mean. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't go past, past that. So, um, the challenge be for one is getting the guys to jail together because they coming from everywhere. Um, try to get them to, to a, a cultural type setting where you have rules and regulations. 
um, which sometimes are hard because you got guys coming from different backgrounds, trouble backgrounds, good backgrounds. When I say trouble backgrounds, they they got in some kind of trouble, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, drug use, um, you know, felony, you know, just different charges yeah. that guys incur or or they, you know, they just need another chance to, to correct the mistakes, man. And so um, take those guys on. And, and so a lot of times there's a lot of uh, therapy work that goes into it. <laughs> <laughs> Counseling. Mm. Yeah, you do more counseling than coaching. And, and, and <laughs> because, you you know, you get, you know how it is, man. You, you, you get, I try to meet, meet my players where they at. You know what I mean? Because you're going to get them from different places. So if I try to treat them all the same, then you, you're never going to reach them. You know what I mean? Because I get guys that right. grow up tough, like you and I. You know what I mean? So they're going to feel maybe be a little bit more closed in and a little bit more rigid than maybe some guy that just coming in, hey, man, I need better grades. It's going to be a little different. You know what I mean? Or, or yeah. guys that got grades, they just need film. So it's different, man. So um, last year we was fortunate enough that the the, um, the playing the championship game in the Jayhawk Conference, we lost to uh, Hutchinson, who was a great program. Um, I think in our in our conference we got Hutchinson, we got uh, Indy, and we got Butler. You know those three schools are for sure, and then you got us, which is uh, Garden City. Those are four top schools in that conference, man. And um, and you know we lacking a little bit in some things, but we we try to make it work, man. We try to make it work. So I just been blessed to, to be there. And, Hopefully by me being there and I'm putting enough guys, like same, same, same thing. It's like a conveyor belt, man. If I put enough guys back in the right situations and develop them for, mm-hmm. so they ready to play, then that's going to increase my start. You know what I mean? It's just like anything else. They using me to get back to where they want to go and I'm using them to get to where I want to go. So you're, <laughs> coaching, you're coaching all DBs or, or corners? Oh, uh, man, I or... coach the whole secondary, man. I whole mean, secondary? I mean, I believe it. Like for me, if you're a DB, man, you know I play everything. Because I always feel like the more you can do, the better off, the longer you stay around. I mean, special teams, I play corner, I play safety, I play nickel. Mm-hmm. If I can do all the five things, then that means you got one player that can do five different things instead of one player who can do one thing. So I just make, you know, and that's just how I learned how to, because that's how, I, you know, I stayed around for as long as I did in the league, is that I played on all special teams, and even though I didn't get the reps, I knew every position in the back end. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, you coach you coach Greg Greg Newsome, and I mean, he plays outside corner, and then you coach Cisco, and he's you know he's a middle safety. So yeah. So true story. Greg uh, Greg didn't play. Uh, Greg was a safety um, when I had him here at IMG, and, and when oh, I really? said safety, okay. when I said safety, I didn't want to introduce him to playing corner. They say, hey man, you run a ten five. You long, he got, I call him Daddy Long Longs because he's long. I mean, he's he's grown into his body as far as uh, physique wise, but he was a skinny um, little kid. And and it's crazy when people say, You ain't, and I'm like, I got video of those guys running around on my practice field. And you can be like, Is that the same guy? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah. But honestly, you know, you grow. I mean, they grown, smart kids, never had any, any, any problems with them, football hungry. And they knew what they wanted to do. And, and I should have two more this year um, that get drafted. Um, Brandon Hines from uh, the University of Washington that played at OU. And, oh, yeah. Um, oh, and my, I forgot the other one is not coming out. And the other one was um, uh, Houston Griffin. That's at Notre Dame to play safety. He decided to play here. 
But then I still have, I, I got one at, uh, when you watch Michigan play, number five is mine, DJ Turner, um, number okay. 25 for USC. Uh, he played nickel back in safety. Brandon Allen, I think he hurt his knee last year. Um, number 15, he's from, that played at, uh, that plays at USF. He's from the, he's from uh, 757. Um, Jay Kerr, he's from that Bayside. He went to Bayside High School. Okay. Um, but he's okay. down here in, in Florida, so uh, he's playing another year, I think he should, but he's probably going to be a later draft pick. Um, Chris Shearn, that's from, you know, the side of South from the Suffolk area. He transferred, so hopefully he finds somewhere to go. Uh, him, man, it's, I know I'm forgetting some guys, man. What? But it's, it's a couple of dudes, man. It's, it's a couple of dudes that I'm forgetting right off the top of my dome. Oh, you good? Oh, I got oh, oh, OJ Burroughs as at Kansas, number five. The Kansas won some good games last year. If you watched the Texas game, he had the big interception in the end zone. He's one of my guys. And he, the two years I had him, the, the first year I had him on IMG, he had 10 interceptions. Mm. Wow. Free safety. Mm. He, had, he had 20 interceptions in two years. Holy shit. So um, That's some numbers. <laughs> yeah. So why would so why is he not at Bama? I mean, not at Bama. Well, 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 because he's not the proto. He's not the he's not the prototype power five guy. He's a little bit right. undersized. I think he was like five nine, one sixty. That's um, oh, okay. But he's yeah. at he's at the University of Kansas. So at the end of the day, man, all, he's still D one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, still hey, power five. I tell my guys, hey man, you get it, get it, get a D one offer. Go make the best of it. Because at the end of the day, if you're good enough, you can get to the NFL. It don't matter. You don't have to go to like yeah. the, you know, the Alabama and uh, oh, Elias Ricks that just transferred to Alabama. He's one of mine that I had here at IMG. Okay. He was at LSU, right? At first, he was at LSU, yeah. and then he just left and went to Bama. He's one of mine. Um, I know I'm missing, but it's a guy. I got a couple of guys at Georgia State. Makai, he's there. He hasn't played yet, but. There's some dudes, man, that that's be, that's gonna be coming up, and then from this team, even from being here at Garden City, um, I had a, the number one DB in the country in the JUCO, named uh, Kenny Kennedy. He ended up going to uh, West Florida though, because his grades is all jacked up still. But he was mm. he was MVP as a defensive player. He was a def defensive MVP as a as a defensive back. You know how hard that is to do that. You know, you got to be hooping. Yeah. Yeah. To be all defensive player of the year as a defensive back. You got to be bold. <laughs> Him and then I had a safety that went to Georgia State named uh named Chris. So uh I mean I mean I I'm I'm doing the best I can do, man. Like I said, it's all about the opportunities, man. So I try to make the most of it. I should have some more guys this year going. Um D one ball that I'm coaching right now at Garden City. And uh, and I'm hoping that with that. The connections come, and and then, like I said, it's all about who's willing to give me opportunity to be a part of their staff. Right, it should. Like, okay, I'm gonna ask you a, a hypothetical yep. question. I'm gonna ask you a real question. Let's say Tony Elliott at UVA calls you and say, "Listen, I got a spot for you on UVA staff." Yeah. Now you played at Virginia Tech, and you know you're a hokey and everything like that. But if what if Tony Elliott calls your phone and say, "Listen, I need a DB coach." Well, I signed it. Hey, that's real. That's well, real though. Well, I signed it because because at the end of the day, yes, I went to Virginia Tech, but at the same thing, 
that job would be it's how a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? How I support my family. And when we play with Gene Tech, it'll be nothing changed. I want to go out there and win. Yeah, so wear them orange pants so, and don't be tripping people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so and, and, I, and, I, and it's crazy that you should say that because, you know, me and some of my other alumni who, who coach football, and we when we asked ourselves, like, what if one of our rival schools wanted to hire us? And it's already been – already happened already. You know, J.C. Price was at Marshall. That right. played that for a couple of years. He was at D.C. That didn't change his affiliation that he was a Gene Tech Hogan. But at the same time, he went in the game wanting his guys to do well. So – don't don't get it twisted. Like if I if that ever happens, oh, I'm gonna go in there. Blacksburg wanted to kick their ass. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> Our current wide receiver coach played at UVA. Yeah. Who's that? Mines. Fontel Mines. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let me ask you this too, as yeah, as a coach. Ahead, as a coach, uh, you know, watching your players go in the first round, third round, what's it like seeing them get drafted? Man, it's just a blessing, man, because I know how hard, how much work they put into the game and how much work they put into their craft. And then to see that them the paid off like that, it's like, wow, this this guy did what he had to do to get because it. it's I, it's a little it's a little bit of luck that plays into that thing, man. I mean, fortunately, you know, we all as football players are gonna say I'm going to the NFL, but man, it, it's it's a small percentage. And I just tell guys, man, just try to enjoy the ride as long as you can to put yourself in the right place. And I'm glad that there's more football content coming out there lead-wise mm-hmm. because it's just mm-hmm. another chance to get a job for some of these guys who's not going to make it to the NFL. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And, and right. what I tell guys, too, man, is and, it's, and, it, and it happens, is that when you do make it to the NFL, uh, don't get caught up in the in the fact that you made it to the NFL and you, and you feel like you got to um, – not talk to certain people, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. people that know you from day one. Like my day ones, I'm always gonna talk to, you know what I mean? And because everybody don't want something from you, you know what I mean? Cause that's the, the cliche is, uh, if I make it, people always want something from me. At the end of the day, man, I just want them to be successful, mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. And it's just like, hey man, just sign the ball for me. So I like, I, I, Coach, you know what I mean, which is good. So I just talk to, I still talk to a lot of those guys now. I, mean, I call them and uh, see how they doing. And I know they can be busy, you know, because I know what, you know how it is, man. When money comes, more what? <laughs> more problems. More problems. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody try to get a piece of the pie, man. So, oh yeah, give us your all-time Virginia Tech DBs, your Mount Rushmore. You can't be on it, oh, but no. you. Mount Rushmore DBs. I'm far from on it, man. I think my the number one dude I would put on there, man, is D'Angelo Hall. Okay, seven five seven. Jimmy Williams. Seven five seven. Um, sheesh, I'm trying to think, man, because Cam, he wasn't that good at Tech. He right, he developed. Yeah, he developed. Carroll got him right, but seven five seven still. Uh, Brandon Flowers, Florida. That's it. That's my Rushmore. Oh, it's only four of my Rushmore. If I had to put one more, and I'm just putting current dudes. If I had to put, a, if I had to change out one of those guys, I would say Tyrone Drakeford. Okay, 
a lot of people. He's from South Carolina, Camden. And I played with him. I just, because he's my like my big brother, man. Like, he was like the prime time, when prime time was around. You know what I mean? Like, he was really, really good. Like, I don't know if you know the stat, but he was one record, one interception try to all-time interception record at Virginia Tech, and that was held by Gene Bunt. Mm. The dude ran like a 4-2, 4 so forty vertical, his bench press was like three seventy five. He was the dude, and he matter of fact, he got a Super Bowl with the uh, with the Forty Nineers, nineteen ninety three, when they played uh, Chargers. Le- legendary. Are you are you happy of the DB legacy that went on uh, with Virginia Tech after obviously you and T Gray and all y'all left, but it got more and higher and higher and higher. Man, it's a blessing, man, because you know, D block 24 all day, forever, for life. And I always pay homage to those guys, man, that come out there because they just take the, they just took it to the next level. And I tell them all the time, man, you know, when I come cross paths with them, it's all love, it's never no hate. And I'm like, man, I'm so thankful for what you did for the for the position, for this group. You know, even though I might play the small piece in it, but the see that you guys took the baton and took it to new heights because that's all you ever want mm-hmm. is to take this thing to another level you know what i mean those guys took it to another level man i enjoy watching those guys play you know what i mean you know it, like i said it done fell off in the last couple of years <laughs> but hopefully, damn right you damn right it fell off but and hopefully man with pearson prelo um being mm-hmm. one of my guys when i say one of my guys i raised him because he came in and played when i was there so I feel connected more so to Pearson Prelo in the back end. And then you got Derrick Jones and just looking at his track record, they call him the cheetah. I mean, mm-hmm. name very fitting. You know, cheetah, I know you go, you about to go chase him. You go chase him prey down, you know what I mean? And then you got JC um, that's part of the, you know, the, the, the defense, man. And I'm like, Shh. you know, you got Jared Ferguson part of the weight style. So I, I feel like it's a lot of the pieces, man, from that blue collar era that's back in place. And then you got, Coach Pryor, who's leading that thing, who was a part of Death Row as a as an assistant mm-hmm. under under um, Todd Grantham, I'm like, man, I'm in heaven right now. I can't wait to see those dudes play on Saturday. I can put them on my room, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, to see what he does with that thing. Now, at the same time, I'm tempering my expectation because I I understand how this thing works. That he got to get his get his players in there. So yeah. it might take him a year or two to get there, but I know the mentality is there. You know what I mean? Foundation. And I, and exactly. And I know the commitment to win back Virginia recruiting-wise is there. So um, that's why I'm real happy about it, you know, about the whole deal. You got any plans to go back to Virginia Tech uh, near future? Next man, year, it's, it's weird, man. You know, um, doing that, what was it, six years? How huh, long the other coach was there? Yeah, yeah. six years. Six I, long I, I, years. I didn't feel any affiliation with the program. I mean, unfortunately, mm. like when when that Beamer era ended, I think my era ended as far as knowing guys in the building. You know what I mean? And, and so mm. now, with these guys in the building, knowing that I, I know them, I have personal relationship with them, I probably end up, you know, sliding through every now and then to say hello and, and just see how everybody's doing. And and I'm always gonna be a, a big recruiter for my program and say, hey man, go to Virginia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. Um, All right, guys. But I'm always gonna say that because I want to see us get back to that uh, to the stop man. Like, you know, it, it broke my heart when I saw like the the Bowl Street in, and then I saw like the ten. You know, just 
It, the UVA streak ended, and then it just it did, and then it just felt like the dude didn't care. So I was like, man, that hurt my feelings. Because <laughs> it felt like anything feelings. that I had to do with the program just ended. You know what I mean? I felt like everything, you know, like because I know we was the foundation of that bowl street. I felt like when that ended, that I'm like, man, <laughs> right, right. And he just said, oh, we had a vote and decided not to go to a bowl. Well, yeah. What? Oh no, man! Just I don't know that that whole thing was a little off. But hey, that's in the past. I think mm-hmm. I think we as fans and alumni, we just need to be one hundred percent behind uh, Coach Pry because he is one of ours, and I, I say that with a lot of respect um, that he is one of ours because he's one of the day ones from back from that early nineties um, era. And, and this is probably going to be the closest thing we get to one of ours. And, and I hope he's there for a long time, man, and along the way. And I hope that there's a tree that starts to branch off yes. from, from, from him. You know, and that's the downside, you know, because po- Coach Beeman was there for so long, he didn't really have a, a chance to really actually have a coaching tree to branch off because those guys stayed there forever. And that's the downside. I like this thing, for example, if um, Coach Beeman – would still been the head coach, but like say Bud would end up leaving, or oh, not even Bud leaving. Bud stayed. They bring in another Virginia Tech guy. Mm-hmm. He, he morphs into something to be go to be a DC. So now there's the tree branching off. Where right. now it's not like that. I mean, I think you got what Shane Beamer maybe, but Shane Beamer didn't even coach under though. I mean, he did. He did right. take that. He, he, he did like a year or two. Yeah, he yeah. left and came back though, but he didn't start there. You know what I mean? He, he left and went to BGA somewhere. Like he didn't start GA in that Virginia Tech. So right. Somebody, you know what I mean? With Pride, he started as a GA, left. Then I think he went like to Georgia Southern, I want to say. And then he went to Vanderbilt. Mm. Vanderbilt. Yeah, a lot of pit stops. Yeah. So um, I think even Coach Chris, that's there that he brought back, was there when I was there. So it's a lot of dudes that was there, man. Um, so um, fortunately, I want Brady to make it because now since I coach, right. I want Brady to make it, you know, for spring ball, but or during the season. So hopefully, I find some time to slide through. Yeah, I, I we want to put some respect on your name. Yeah, put man. Back on your era's name. Hey, 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 pop your shit, bro. I, I mean, sir. Sorry, you know. <laughs> no, we normally have. We normally have play. We normally have players that's like our era, but no, pop your shit, man. <laughs> no, man. Uh, hey, I tell man, I say it all the time, man. I'm a humble dude. I don't a lot of, I don't do a lot of bragging because I, I always felt like you just let your game talk. And so I just say, man, mm-hmm. I'm just, I was just glad that I was alone for the ride, um, and I'm glad that guys like yourself continue to, to take the baton, man, take it to the new new levels with your podcast. So anytime I can meet. Guys that somewhat affiliated with the program, man. You know, I'm always gonna show love, man. And yeah. the food thank you. And we appreciate seven five seven all day, man. Nupa news, man. You know, Nupa news stick together, man. Yeah, hey, man. I like I said, man. It's, it's a lot of stories. <laughs> a lot of stories, man. Listen, uptown. It be a lot of uptown versus downtown. We get to fighting and all that, but as soon as you get into city jail or prison or wherever, it's Nupa news. We got to stay together, man. Oh, it's different. Yeah, man. I just hang out with this dude, man, Edwin Cecil, man. And we used to do a lot of crazy stuff together, man. A lot of crazy stuff. So, um, but, you know, like you said, man, it was just part of my my life growing up. And, 
you know, as I've been a, you know, older guy now, it's like, man, I've been thankful and thankful that I was able to get out of there because every day when I went to school at work, it was like, hey, man, you can be another statistic. Don't end up in jail now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, war, hey, war, go watch. Hey, shout out, war, because the dude knew, like Cole Jackson, man, he knew he kept it 100. He knew that what we was doing when we was like on Friday nights after the game, we was going to Super 8 all day. We Super 8. Go get a hey. hotel. Hey, everybody uh, trapping at the Super 8, man. That's what we did, Super 8. That one right down the corner, uh, what's that, the corner ward right there by uh, the little shopping plaza. If it's mm-hmm. still there, you know, if it's, it's still there. Shout out to the Super 8, man. Yeah. I went to Warwick High School for summer school and still oh, failed the test. <laughs> yeah. I was like 11th grade taking geometry and still failed. My mama was, ooh. Mm. You, know what I thought, you know what I thought about, dude? I thought about coming and trying to be a high school coach at Warwick High School. Yeah. You represent, I mean, God bless Tommy Riemann. Um, and shout out Tommy Riemann Jr. too. He got some good things oh, going. Man. Oh, I got this city on my chest. Yeah, shout out city on my chest. I got some city on my chest in my closet, man. Shout out Tommy Raymond Jr., man. Hey, he doing big. I just see right now he got an all-star game that's about to pop up that up there at uh Warsong. Where he putting the uh where he put new news against Hampton high school guys, fat basketball. Tommy Raymond Jr. don't get enough respect. Um in the city, he he better get a lot of respect in that city, man. He doing a lot. Every time I see him, he's doing something for the city, man. Yeah, for the city specifically. Shout out Tommy Raymond Jr. Shout out Tommy Raymond Sr. too. Legend out here. Yeah, that's Pops. I call him Pops. <laughs> but, hey, Pops, Pops. I remember, like I said, I played with Pops. And Pops brought me into his office. I played running back at the bill. He said, hey, son. Cause I had an attitude so bad. And I used to cuss out the old lineman when they didn't block. So he said, hey, son. Hey, you keep treating the old line like that, man. They just not gonna block for you, period. They can just move out the way, and then you really gonna get hit. So uh, a lot of learning lessons from him. Pop gave me money when I didn't have money to buy some food to eat, man, and stuff like that. So definitely shout out to Coach Raymond. Man. He just retired too. Shout out Coach Raymond, a uh, uh, institution like beyond legendary. That man's an institution. There's a lot of dudes, man, and, and for why I can't on this podcast, man. Um, Maurice Pierce. Who's a track coach out there at Hampton University? He's from Deep Rooted 707 Warwick High School. Been there for a long time. Coached some mm-hmm. Olympians. He coached some, you know, Olympians. I mean, go check him out over there at Hampton, man. He's doing his thing over there. He's doing his thing over there, man. There's some institutions, man. We gave these people a Nupa News history lesson, man, because we be getting disrespected, man. Our city gets disrespected. They say, I listen, we know Virginia Beach is shiny new toy. Everybody loves Virginia Beach, man. But Nupa News, man, we, we got the streets on lock, man. We running things around here still. Yeah, you well, you know always you always gonna have that conflict through the tunnel, man. You know that conflict always been <laughs> always. They got the shooting in the tunnel the other day. Said, oh, really? <laughs> in the tunnel? Real like in the tunnel, man. Got the shooting. Holy. Traffic, people fighting in traffic. Well, they used to have freak neat there in Virginia Beach, but that used to be some time, boy. They had a freak neat. Yeah, they had to put a stop to all that. Hey, they yeah, they had to shut it down that ride, bro. They had to shut all they had to shut all that crazy shit down. They should be on point though, man. That's the kind of era I grew up in, man. Do that crazy.
they had the toes. See, y'all, y'all probably see the beach. They just haven't built a pair of toes to go through there. The toe ain't there no more. Like mm-hmm. going to Ocean Drive. No, nah, I ain't think so. I'm a yeah. peninsula baby, man. I don't know nothing about nothing that, out the beach for real. <laughs> hey, I'm man, a pen- how long have you been doing your podcast? If I can ask I you. Bet- I've been doing this podcast since 2018. Oh, man, that's a blessing, man. But, hey, anytime, man, you know, shout me out, shout you out, man. I'd make sure I get some, try to get some guys your way, man. That's for sure. Stay positive. Keep doing your thing, man. Keep doing your hustle, baby. Right. We appreciate you. We appreciate you for coming on. Yeah, Any man. last thing you got to say to the people before we log off? Hey, man, one love. That's it, baby. One love. What? what? One well, love, man. Hey, you gonna you? I'm telling you, you're gonna be coaching in Blacksburg or uh, Clemson or it's so many. It's so many programs that can use your services. At the end of the day, man, I feel like this: the man upstairs is gonna put me where where he think I'm needed the most. And, yes, sir. Uh, and I just go with that, and uh, I'm just gonna continue to continue to try to enjoy what I do. Uh, continue to try to inspire the next guy, and uh, continue to learn as much as I can as a coach myself. Because you know, you don't know it all. So that's how I keep moving. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Drift, you got anything left to say to the people? I'm all I'm all set, man. I appreciate you guys, man. You guys have a blessed evening, man. You too. Thank you very much. Hey, Till next look, week. Good luck out there. Good luck out there in Garden City. Hey, no problem, man. You know, like I said, man, I try to show my people's love. Um, you know, West Virginia take the best, best of luck to getting that program back to where it need to be. Um, and then just try to rally around all alumni, man, to continue to support the staff. Hell yeah. We, th- we thank you for coming on. Till next week, y'all. God bless.